Hello, this is Anviti from newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 22nd of July. Delhi Lieutenant Governor Vinay Kumar Saxena today recommended a CBI probe into the Delhi Excise Policy 2122 for alleged procedural lapses in granting liquor licenses. A media release from the LG office alleged several violations of the pre-existing laws. It claimed deliberate and gross procedural lapses to provide post-tender undue benefits to liquor licensees. The notice is based on a July 8th report by the Chief Secretary. This report is in accordance with Rule 57 of the Transaction of Business Rules 1993, which mandates the Chief Secretary to flag any deviation from laid-down procedures to the Lieutenant Governor and the Chief Minister. The LG has directly called out Delhi's Deputy Chief Minister Manish Sisodia over the matter. He has alleged that the new liquor licensing and excise policy implemented last year was done with quote the sole aim of benefiting private liquor barons for financial benefits to individuals at the government's highest orders leading up to Sisodia. As Sisodia was minister in charge of the excise department, the responsibility of implementing these new norms fell on him. The statement in the LG notifications claim and I quote Sisodia took and got executed major decisions actions in violation of the statutory provisions and the notified excise policy that had huge financial implications unquote The new excise policy 2021-22 was rolled out last year and retail licenses were given to private bidders for 849 shops across the city Meanwhile Aam Aadmi Party leader Saurabh Bhardwaj alleged that the center is quote unquote trying all means to hinder the Delhi government's work. He claimed inquiries by CBI, income tax, ED would be launched to stop them and hinder their work. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal today said these allegations are totally false. In an online press briefing, Kejriwal also said that he has known Sisodia for 22 years and he is a quote unquote hardcore honest man. denying all allegations of corruption and patronage to the liquor mafia NDA presidential candidate Draupadi Murmu is set to become the next president of India she will be the first tribal woman to hold the office Murmu is only the second woman after Pratibha Patil to hold the highest constitutional position in the country Chief Justice of India NV Ramana will administer the oath of office on July 25th According to some members of the Bharatiya Janata Party the president elect's victory is a sign of cracks in the opposition with instances of cross voting Draupadi Murmu even won an unexpected vote from Kerala where the NDA does not have a single MLA in the 140 member assembly around 125 MLAs and 17 opposition MPs cross voted in Draupadi Murmu's support according to sources The counting of votes concluded on Thursday and Murmu was announced as the president elect. According to BJP leaders, 10 MLAs in Gujarat, 22 in Assam, 12 in Uttar Pradesh and 4 in Goa cross voted for Murmu. The details will be available only after a thorough assessment of the statewide voting pattern. According to the official data, Murmu won a total of 676,803 votes. whereas the joint opposition candidate Yashwant Sinha got 380177 votes express reported that leaders of opposition parties pointed out that many among them had no choice except to stand with murmu to protect their tribal support base 
Murmu secured the support of the entire house in Andhra Pradesh, Nagaland and Sikkim as Sinha failed to secure a single vote from these states, even though these states are opposition-governed. Listeners, as we welcome our first tribal president, let us take a moment to see the ground reality of tribal communities in the country. 121 Adivasis were arrested in 2017 after suspected Maoists killed 25 CRPF personnel in Burkapal. They hail from various villages in the state and were accused of aiding the Maoists in Chhattisgarh. After spending five years in jail, all 121 were acquitted by a National Investigation Agency court in Dantewara. Read the full story of these men and their families on newslaundry.com. My colleague Prateek Goyal talked to them to uncover how they lost loved ones and livelihoods during their incarceration. Now they're trying to pick up the pieces. The report is titled False Cases How Chhattisgarh Jailed 121 Adivasis for Five Years for a Crime They Did Not Commit. Listeners, if you like the work that we do, consider subscribing to News Laundry. Remember that we are able to deliver these reports free from corporate or government influence only because we don't depend on them for ads. News Laundry is an ad-free platform. Our journalism is funded by you, our subscribers. So if you are not already a part of our independent news model, subscribe by going to newslaundry.com and clicking on the red subscription button at the top right corner. Subscription plans begin from Rs 300 a month. Pay to keep news free. Eight people were arrested for offering namaz at a weekly market in Uttarakhand's Haridwar, police said on Friday, PTI reported. The accused were arrested in Shivalik Nagar colony late on Thursday evening, Superintendent of Police Swatantra Kumar said. They were all later released on bail. They were arrested under Section 151 of the Criminal Procedure Code. The section prescribes a police officer knowing of a design to commit any cognizable offence may arrest without orders from a magistrate and without a warrant, the person so designing it, if the officer deems it necessary. Earlier this month, the Uttar Pradesh police had lodged an FIR against a group of unidentified people who allegedly offered namaz at a recently opened Lulu Mall in Lucknow after a right-wing Hindu outfit objected to it and sought permission to recite Hanuman Chalisa there. Later, CCTV footage suggested the viral video might have been deliberately made to create a controversy. Today, Kerala reported the country's third case of monkeypox in the state's Malapuram district. The two previous cases were also reported in Kerala over the last one week. The third patient with monkeypox travelled from the United Arab Emirates to the state on July 6th. He developed a fever on July 13th and later developed the symptoms of monkeypox on July 15th. The patient is under treatment at the Government Medical College Hospital in Manjeri, according to the State Minister for Health, Veena George. Monkeypox is a viral disease with symptoms similar to smallpox, although less severe. According to the World Health Organization, it usually lasts from two to four weeks. In recent times, officials said, the case fatality ratio for monkeypox has been around 3 to 6%. The virus is transmitted to humans through close contact with an infected person or animal and spreads from lesions, body fluids, respiratory droplets and contaminated materials such as bedding. Symptoms can include fever, headache, muscle ache and backache, swollen lymph nodes, chills, exhaustion and rashes that can look like pimples or blisters on the face, inside the mouth and other parts of the body. According to official data, most of these cases are reported in European region, 
which is about 86%, and the Americas, which is about 11%. Monkeypox is an endemic to the West and Central African countries, such as Cameroon, Central African Republic, Congo, Gabon, etc. The US also witnessed an outbreak in 2003 when 47 confirmed or probable cases were reported. The Sri Lankan President's Secretariat, which was overrun by protesters nearly two weeks ago, was on Friday back under full control of the nation's army, hours after Tri-Services troops, in a joint operation with the police special task force, launched a crackdown on protesters at the Gaia Face protest site in Colombo. As seen in visuals shared by news agencies, only armed officials are seen around the premises. Earlier this month, the protesters had taken control of the presidential palace and were seen taking dips in the swimming pool and wrestling on the president's bed. Meanwhile, senior Sri Lankan lawmaker Dinesh Gunawardena was sworn in on Friday as the new prime minister, Reuters reported. He is the leader of the leftist outfit Mahajan Eksad Peramuna. He has served as a cabinet minister and leader of the house in the Sri Lankan parliament. Gunawardena was the home minister under former president Gotabaya Rajpaksha in April. He was sworn in by Ranil Vikram Singhe, who was appointed country's eighth president after he won a parliamentary ballot on Thursday. The previous cabinet will function till a national government is agreed upon once parliament convenes and then a cabinet reshuffle will take place, according to PTI. According to Newswire, a Sri Lankan news outlet, Gunavardena is seen as a loyalist of former president Gotabaya Rajpaksha, who fled the country last week amid widespread protests against an unprecedented economic crisis in the country. Gunavardena replaces Vikram Singhe on the Prime Minister's post. On July 9th, Vikram Singhe had said he would step down from the post but did not resign officially till later. He had been acting president since Rajpaksha fled the country. The head of Britain's Overseas Intelligence Service, MI6, has claimed that Russia's President Vladimir Putin is quote-unquote running out of steam in Ukraine and his forces may have to pause in the coming weeks. Richard Moore made the statement during the Aspen Security Forum. He based his claims on reports of the expulsion of more than 400 Russian intelligence officers from many European cities and the arrest of several deep-cover spies posing as civilians. He added that Putin has suffered a strategic failure in Ukraine. The MI6 chief also dismissed claims that Putin is suffering from cancer, Parkinson's or some mystery illness. CIA chief William Burns also agreed adding at the same forum that the Russian leader is quote-unquote entirely too healthy. Burns, however, added that his comments were not a formal intelligence judgment but a personal opinion. Meanwhile, the boss of Ukraine's largest steel firm, Methine West, claimed Russia is looting close to $600 million worth of steel from plants and ports in Ukraine, BBC reported. The firm owns the Azovstal plant, which became the last holdout of Ukrainian soldiers and civilians during the devastation of the city of Mariupol. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.